Hey everyone, it's John Pritchard, your host of Well Disguised, the podcast of rock snobbery about lowbrow music. Thanks for listening. When I started this podcast, one of the things I went on was Reddit and joined several subreddits about podcasting and podcast experiences, and there's one for trading guests or interviews, that sort of thing. And every other day, at least on those subreddits, someone is posting about, hey, I finally wanted to start a podcast, and it's going to be called blah, 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 and I'm either looking for tips or maybe looking for a co-host or two. The podcast is just going to be about life and what's going on in pop culture and just having good conversations. And it always just sounds awful to me. And I know it's hypocritical. I'm here with this microphone putting myself out there as some sort of interesting person. But this idea that you can get around with your friends and tell the same jokes that you tell in the bar and everyone's going to be amused as you talk about, quote, life, just sounds awful to me. Well, the hypocrisy doesn't stop because there's a little bit about that in this episode. But mostly... I'm having my buddy Dave on again. We're going to talk about several things. We're talking about concerts. We're talking about Jethro Tull. And mainly we're talking about one of our favorite artists, Alice Cooper, who just released his new record, Detroit Stories. You'll get to hear our thoughts about it. I always really look forward to new Alice Cooper music. I don't do that for a lot of artists. There's so many so-called legacy artists where... Yeah, I will listen to whatever they come up with, whether it's every two years or whether it's every 10 years, but certainly at this point in their career, I'm not expecting a lot. I'm listening almost out of obligation. That is not true with Alice. I've liked a lot of Alice's so-called later works. You'll hear how I feel about this one once we get into the episode. And that, friends, is getting ready to happen right now. Thanks so much. Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, in his third return to Will Disguised, my buddy Dave is on. You may remember Dave from such Will Disguised highlights as the episode where we reviewed the new Avatar record, which is still one of my least listened to episodes of all time. Not that I blame Dave for that. He also came on and we uh, we both uh, read Rob Halford's memoir and talked about it on a previous episode. We're going to be talking about a handful of different things today. But anyway, Dave, welcome to Well Disguised. Thank you. Thank you. I consider myself the dizzy read of your podcast. Nobody asked for it. It really seemed completely necessary, but in the end, perfectly adequate. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. Well, welcome, Dizzy, or perhaps I will call you at the end of this episode, Independence Dave, but we will get to that a little bit. So perhaps we should talk, start out talking like a lot of podcasts do. We should talk about whatever movies you've been watching or shows, you know, and okay. fill a bunch of time the way that all those podcasts. That's true. Do. Yeah, during quarantine, which, yeah, I've gotten several recommendations from it. So. 
But, Started watching Patriot on Amazon. That's a weird show, but very good. Very it was good. like the first show they ever did, and they didn't know how to uh, market it. But I, I, <laughs> I think you like it. It's, right. it's out there. <laughs> well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's the uh, your recommendation from a show that went off the air three years ago. Yeah, that's the movie and TV review portion <laughs> of Well Disguised. Uh, as we respect your time. All right. The main focus of this episode, obviously, is going to be we're going to talk about Alice Cooper's new record release called Detroit Stories. But it's kind of a warm up. You know, this will be coming out on Tuesday, uh, March 9th, I suppose. We're recording it in the morning on March 8th. So just as kind of a brain teaser, I want to pitch you a show idea, Dave. Okay. And I want you to tell me whether you think this could be an episode in the future. And I haven't, I haven't given you any warning about this at mm -hmm. all. So but I wanted to pitch this to you and just to get your, take your temperature on it as, uh, as the well-disguised listener. Dave, you happen to be a Metallica fan. Am I right? That is correct. All right. And you also happen to be a Jethro Tull fan. Is that right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, if that doesn't kind of give it away, uh, one of the most famous moments in, well, strike that. Perhaps not one of the most famous moments in rock Infamous? history, but a moment in rock and metal history was when the Grammy Awards gave the, I think, best hard rock slash metal, yeah, metal. performance uh, award to Jethro Tull for Crest of a Knave over Metallica's Injustice for All. Big controversy, blah, blah, blah. What do you think about an episode where I argue that the Grammys got it right and that Jethro Tull's Crest of a Knave is actually better than Injustice for All. What do you think of that? I would definitely listen to that. Well, that's not necessarily an endorsement of the idea. <laughs> but yeah, again, I'm, I'm a little biased because uh, Jethro Tull fascinates me. Ian Anderson, that, that dude, <laughs> he's hilarious. He's weird. He does exactly what he wants to do. I, I like the guy a lot. But yeah, that whole band is fascinating to me. So maybe I'm a little uh, <laughs> you right at your target audience. You might be in the wheelhouse of my audience here. Yeah. I'm probably not going to do it for several reasons. One of which is that I just listened to Crest of a Nay for the first time this past week. And I had written that as a potential show idea like 10 or 12 months ago <laughs> before I ever listened to it. Partly because I'm just not a big fan of Injustice for All. It doesn't really do it for me. I think a lot of people our age, we're in our mid-40s, I think a lot of people really love that record because it came out probably right around the sweet spot when music yeah. is one of the most important things in your life and all that sort of stuff. I just don't love Injustice for All. I don't feel like, to me, what separates Metallica from you know, Anthrax or Slayer, Metallica were great songwriters. And they kind of, I don't know whether it was Spike or Heartbreak or whatever, but in Justice for All, the songs aren't as good to me. I don't know that Crest of a Knave is a, it's definitely not a metal record. I don't know if it's even, a, you know, like a hard rock record. It kind of reminded me a little of Dire Straits listening to it. I don't know if that's appropriate yeah. or not. Yeah. But, uh, it's been a while since I've listened to that one. I need to break that back out. <laughs> well, it's pretty good though, right? Yeah, it is. Well, but yeah, metal because who else was up for that? Um, I have no idea. I think Motorhead, ACDC, maybe. I'm pretty sure Motorhead was, and I think Megadeth and probably ACDC. 
Well, my theory is they all split the vote, and that's what allowed Jethro Tull to win. <laughs> maybe so. Maybe that's what it is. I, I mean, Jethro Tull. If if those were the nominees, Jethro Tull is clearly the oldest mm-hmm. and the most appealing, most, to, most recognized by your voters who, yeah, yeah, yeah. they really know what metal was. Your blue-haired metal voters of yeah. the mid to late '80s or whatever. Well, I'm gonna keep workshopping it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll listen to Crest of a Nave a second time before I go out on that limb. It clearly yeah. is not a metal record, but yeah, Metallica's still a little better, I think. I remember, you know, the next year when they won for Stone Cold Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Lars said, We'd like to thank Jethro Cole for not putting out an album this year. Right. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I do remember. Maybe a little bitter now. What was Stone Cold Crazy? Was that just like a single? It was the B side to Interstand Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, that, I mean, talk about the ultimate makeup call. Yeah. Okay. Well, well good, good, good for them winning for that song. Yeah, exactly. For a cover of a Queen tune. A good cover. It was very good. Let's shift gears to Alice Cooper. Mr. Alice. And I'll go first. So you may remember my first car was a Toyota Celica. <laughs> and I had gotten my stereo from my parents, one of those big, like, waist-high Sony units that had you know, a radio, a five band equalizer. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, equalizers yeah. on our age. I could, uh, I could definitely like make a wall of sound type Phil Spector type approach with my changing the bass and the treble and that sort of thing. And I had a double tape deck and it had a CD player and whatever. It was great. I, you know, I love that thing. Anyway, when I got my car, CD players in car cars were, Maybe that's what the rich people had, but mm-hmm. certainly, you know, my, my car came with a tape deck that the girl who had owned it before had installed herself. And so I bought some of those blank 90 minute or 60 minute tapes and dubbed some of the CDs that I had so that I could play them in the car. And maybe I was lazy or whatever, but I only dubbed a handful. And of course, I was looking for. CDs that were about the right running length to fit on one of these tapes. And one of those that fit was Alice Cooper's greatest hits from the original band before Welcome to My Nightmare and Alice kind of became a solo act. But Alice Cooper's greatest hits fit on one side of, I think, a 60-minute tape. God, I've played that thing so many times. You are not the only one. Right. I know you you played it a lot, too, but, like – I'm not crazy about Muscle of Love, the very last song on it, but even even with me not being crazy about it, and I know it's a greatest hits mm-hmm. disc, which makes this stupid, but oh my God, that's one of the best records of all time. I know it's a greatest hits record, yeah. but if that were an album, it would be like Ahead of Exile on Main Street. That's, that's so good. Uh, I love that record so much. So that's kind of how I got into Alice, just listening to that over and over and over again in the car. How about you? Yeah, most of us, like in the neighborhood or in school, you either had greatest hits or you knew somebody that did. <laughs> and so, yeah, we, we knew all those songs. Then there's one guy that was a real big Alice Cooper fan. He had the other stuff, like the solo stuff. And we're going, that's okay. But <laughs> in retrospect, he was right. <laughs> right, right. Because there's a lot of good stuff on there. But, yeah, it was uh, – we, we all had greatest hits just about or had a dubbed copy that your friend gave you. Uh, that was about it. You 
heard of Welcome to My Nightmare, you may or not have seen it or remembered it from the Muppets. I did not. <laughs> Either we watch that show religiously, but I was four. So <laughs> don't have the memory. Uh, then Trash came out and everybody got that. Yeah. And that was kind of his reinvention, even though he'd, he'd always been there, but he got, you know, he cleaned up, I, or at least allegedly at that point. I'm not 100% sure. I think um, he, was. he got. And, you know, Bon Jovi was on it. Yeah, and bon Jovi and Steven Tyler. And and Slash was on there, I think. Yeah. And Steven so that really there. just, I mean, it kickstarted his uh, career again. Uh, and then he showed up on uh, Use Your Illusion. And the Ballad of Dwight Fry is not on your greatest hits. Uh, and s- certainly some of those others. Not, that's the one I really ca- wish I think yeah. had been on. I can't believe uh, Caught in a Dream's not on there. That's the, well, that's a good point. Yeah, I love that song. We both, I think, got introduced through that the, the greatest hit CD. Mm-hmm. But this isn't about that one. This is about his new release. Came out February 26th of this year. It's called Detroit Stories. And uh, I'm just going to set it up for a little bit, and then we'll talk about some of the things we like or maybe didn't like about it. No big surprise here. Detroit Stories was produced by Bob Ezrin, who, you know, you hear about the fifth member of the Beatles or whatever. I don't know exactly. <laughs> like Bob Ezrin's like the second member of Alice Cooper or whatever, or the other Alice Cooper. Certainly he's produced probably half, more than half of Alice Cooper records at this point. It's a concept record, I think, like a lot mm-hmm. of Alice Cooper records. The concept, I think, is... I love Detroit. I have a Detroit background. Uh, I want to make a record that honors the city. There's lots of musicians on this disc. The Alice Cooper touring band that you and I have seen so many times is not really represented here in any yeah, great just way. Just one of the guitarists. One of the guitarists is on it. It's, um, was it Tommy Hendrickson, I think? Yes. Yeah. But, you know, Ryan Roxy, Nita Strauss, those, they're not on here which is weird and maybe something we could talk about, but among the artists who are on this record are the original Alice Cooper guitarist, Michael Bruce, the original Alice Cooper bassist, Dennis Dunaway, and the original Alice Cooper drummer, Neil Smith. They appear on the fourth track, Social Debris, which uh, was written by Cooper, Ezrin, and Neil Smith. And they also appear on the 10th track, I Hate You, which was written by Cooper, Ezrin, and Dunaway. So there's that throwback to the very original Alice Cooper band, the band that put out all the songs that are on greatest hits. Um, Bob Ezrin's all over it. He's on vocals. He's on percussion. He's on organ. He's on piano. He's, he's all over it. Joe Bonamassa, the modern blues guitar God, he plays on um, the Velvet Underground. First one. Yeah. Rock and roll. Uh, He also plays one. Drunken in Love. Drunken in Love. Uh, which is also co-written by another song that was co-written by Dunaway, but Dunaway does not play on that. Wayne Kramer of MC5 fame is all over this record, plays guitars on more than half of it and does a lot of backing vocals. Uh, Steve Hunter, who is was the first guest on my boy T-Bone's Prime Cuts uh, from the Other Side podcast, legendary session guitarist. He plays on a couple tracks. He's also from Detroit. No big shock there. Mark Farner of Grand Funk Railroad, who I think originated in Flint, Michigan, which is close enough for government work, <laughs> I suppose, to Detroit. Uh, he appears on it. Tommy Hendrickson from the touring band is on there. And there's, you know, lots of others, including 
Alice's family on backing vocals and that type of thing. The album has 15 songs on it, including multiple that have either covers or popped up before. The very first song, Rock and Roll, obviously, I think I already talked about, it's the Velvet Underground cover written by Lou Reed. The third so song, Our Love Will Change the World, is from a band called Outrageous Cherry that also has Detroit roots. Sister Anne, the 12th song, is an MC5 cover. The 15th song, East Side Story, is a Bob Seger pre-Silver Bullet Band, I think, cover. Mm -hmm. It's not Silver Bullet Band anyway. I don't know if it's pre or not. So yeah, but so, so there's a Bob Seger song written by Bob Seger and performed by Seger before on there. The seventh track is Detroit City 2021, which is an update of Detroit City 2020, which I think appeared on the Breadcrumbs disc, which I'll talk about in just a minute, so hold the thought on that. But then the original song called Detroit City was way back on the eyes of Alice Cooper from the, you know, basically the turn of the millennium record that Alice did. And then the 13th song is Hanging On By A Thread, which is an update of a 2020 single called Don't Give Up, which was about COVID and staying positive during lockdown and all that sort of thing. And Hanging On By Thread's been changed a little bit for this disc. So... There's a lot of songs that have been revisited. And let me go to that Alice Cooper record, the EP from 2019 called Breadcrumbs. And I'm on Alice Cooper's website as we speak. So I don't know whether this is a press release or what have you, but it's obviously endorsed by, by the man in the band. On September 13, 2019, it was posted on Alice's web, website about Breadcrumbs. Breadcrumbs is a tribute to some of the garage rock heroes from his hometown, Detroit, inspired by the city's punk scene in the late 60s and early 70s. Detroit-born Alice Cooper returns to his roots and the raw garage sound his fans love. Produced by Bob Ezrin, the EP consists of six brand new recordings, blah, 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 I won't read any more. Among those are, again, Detroit City 2020, Go Man Go, which is the second track on the album, East Side Story, the Bob Seger uh, song that we've talked about, and uh, Sis Sister Anne, we didn't speak about, but it was also on there. So, given that long preamble and that long buildup, I guess I would start with, Alice had already done Breadcrumbs, which had already talked about this Detroit kind of thing, or, or, or not talked about it, but, you know, reflected his love and appreciation for, for the sounds of Detroit. Do you think it's strange that this album comes out as an even bigger embrace of the Detroit sound? Yeah, like right after. <laughs> right. Mm. Because, yeah, usually when, especially when somebody like Alice does something like that, he'll, he'll go one way, all right, this is what I want to do for this particular album, and then just completely shift gears. That's kind of what we're used to from him. Yeah. Like Brutal Planet was a just flat-out metal banger. <laughs> And then was Eyes of Alice Cooper after that one? Was that the next I think one? Dragon Town was actually Dragon Town, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> so we're we're I guess I hate to say reinvention because that's kind of a overused word. Well but he, yeah, he we're kinda used to him uh, zigging when you think he's gonna zag. So this this was a bit of a surprise. However, that being said, I I really like this album as a as a whole album. Uh it's fifteen songs is a bit much. 
<laughs> 15 well, songs uh, is good when it's great when they're all yeah. great mm-hmm. when yeah, they're exactly. not all great yeah, when they're exile <laughs> yeah exactly when it's exile on main street that's fine well before we get into the album specifically because i, I want to come back to that too because i think you and i have a little bit different opinions mm-hmm. about where it's at do you have and, and if i'm putting you on the spot let me know but do you have a a good feeling for what detroit music is and I'll, I'll go first if that if that helps. But I don't necessarily. I mean, most of the people that are famous for being Detroit musicians, we've already kind of mentioned right. as being involved. MC Five, um, of course, Lou Reed was yes. in the court, but um, you know, Iggy Pop and the Stooges, that sort of thing. Grand Funk, and then there's the whole separate thing which does get addressed in one of the songs, the whole Motown sound, obviously which is not seem to necessarily be in Alice's wheelhouse, but is something that he does appreciate on this record or, or brings out on this record. To me, the Detroit thing with whether it's Grand Funk or, or, or MC5 or Bob Seger, there's a certain lack, I think, of pretentiousness to Detroit music, uh, especially Detroit rock music. This is not where you would expect, like, I don't know where Dream Theater came from, but I don't think Dream Theater or Pink Floyd or, you know, Genesis or whatever would have been those bands if they were born in Detroit. Does that make sense? It does make sense. (laughs) And Alice, there's certainly elements of Alice that do sound like Detroit, or what I've just kind of described as that Detroit sound, but not certainly not everything and not everything that I love about Alice. Like, like welcome to my nightmare does not sound like a Detroit record. Couldn't be, couldn't, couldn't be any different. It would be much more of like a New York city type, you know, arts, artsy type thing or whatever, but certainly has Detroit roots. He obviously loves it and wanted to appreciate it. Uh, I'm not even counting kid rock and Eminem as our name dropped on the Detroit city, (laughs) Detroit city, 2021 or whatever. But, well, you've already kind of given away how you feel about it. How much do you like this record? Uh, let's see. I, I, I love the first uh, couple tracks. Um, I hate to kind of repeat myself from when uh, we were talking about the Avatar one, but when right. you read stuff like, hey, this is the, we want to get back to this sound or we want to get these roots or whatever. I go, uh, okay. <laughs> you get mixed results with that. Right. Um, but, I mean, uh, the first you know, 10 seconds of rock and roll, I went, all right, this is this is going to work. And I'd forgot to do any research. I didn't realize it was a cover until like last week. <laughs> I was reading about it. I'm like, oh, man, now i got to go look up and see the original, which I did, The Velvet Underground. And at first I hated it. It did grow on me. Uh, ironically, yesterday, uh, my wife and I were picking up groceries and we're coming in and the original from The Velvet Underground came on. I'm like, well, this is the second time I've ever heard this song. I'm like, yeah, the Alice Cooper's is much better, I swear. She goes, well, yeah, like, yeah, Alice actually sings <laughs> instead of just right. kind of talks and key. <laughs> well, and all those yeah, musicians I listed. A terrible Mick Jagger impression. <laughs> all those musicians I listed, like, half of them seem to have played on that song. Like, it's like uh, a lot of the guitarists seem to have contributed in some way to this mm-hmm. cover. And so it doesn't surprise me that it was the lead-off song and – brought a lot of attention in whether it's the Lou Reed angle or something else what what other tracks really stood out to you about it uh let's say well for for go and go I went well this is our own song even though they're New York but okay I can see that 
Uh, I, I, it's okay. It's it's good. I think it works as a second track. I wrote down for our love will change the world. I should hate this song, but I don't. <laughs> Because I was like, okay, well, I guess, yeah, going back to the old, the older 60s sound, I'm like, okay, yeah, it's, it's kind of bubblegummy, if you will. Right. And then I looked up that, oh, it's a cover, okay, from 2005. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a 2005 song. It does not. <laughs> so, yeah. But it's, it's catchy as hell. I, yeah, I, I just keep going. I shouldn't like the song, but I do. I kind of, like, I liked rock and roll the first time I heard it, and I'm, mm-hmm. I confess also, I, I didn't realize it was a Velvet Underground song either, but it's one of the catchier tunes on the on the whole disc to me. The next one is actually, the next one that really stood out to me as being really good is the fourth one, Social Debris, mm-hmm. is released as a single for whatever that means in the 21st century. Yeah. I didn't like it as much as a single, honestly. I, I remember we were texting about it. Have you heard it? Yeah, it's, it's good. It's not yeah, great, it's, it's, but it's, yeah. it's it's okay. But again, after the the first three songs, that one comes on, and I was into it. My head, right? Um, it kind of felt a couple of places they kind of referenced some old Alice songs because that bass riff at the beginning sounded like elected. The right, right. And I didn't in the guitar that. solo, he was doing Halo of Flies. I swear. I'll have but, to listen to that. Yeah, I but then I looked it up and. Like oh, those those weren't from the original band members. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe it was the guest musicians, like guests, quote unquote. Maybe it was their tribute to the original Alice band. Well, it's certainly not unusual at this point in a band's career to be ref a little self-referential in that mm-hmm. way to come back around and to 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 throw the fans a bone because. Exactly. Well, we did the Avatar episode. Uh, we call it the Avatar episode. We also talked about the new Deep Purple record mm-hmm. on that on that episode and. I think one of the things we both agree on, like that Deep Purple album is for the fans. Exactly. <laughs> not going to bother the charts to the extent there are even charts anymore that Alice is going to take over, you know, YouTube and have 10 million or 100 million downloads. Right, yeah. he's, he's not going to be the next Carly Rae Jepsen. <laughs> exactly. Well Thank said. God. <laughs> Thank God he's not going to be the next Carly Rae Jepsen. I want to skip to one of the songs I like the best uh, or a couple of them. And if you have something you want to talk about, that's fine. But I really like drunken in love, uh, which is <laughs> one of those things that only Alice, the only musician I listen to who comes up with that type of idea <laughs> is Alice Cooper, which is basically to, you know, and I don't want to be politically incorrect in 2021, but, it's like two homeless alcoholic hobos <laughs> who fi- fall in love. I mean, that's what it's about, right? Yeah, I had to pause it because I was laughing so hard. Right. <laughs> the very first part, I saw your baby in, I kissed my pants. <laughs> and I'm shaking while I'm trying to stand. <laughs> okay, I know where this is going. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> I don't like on. any Alice Cooper record that does not have a song about cross-dressing or yeah. trans- you're gonna get you're gonna get one of these on every one of his albums so I, I i i'm disappointed there wasn't one of those on detroit stories but the fact that it's a love song that a guy starts out talking about urinating in his pants yeah. when he saw the girl that sort of makes up for it and i don't know maybe this maybe this shows up in like country music somewhere i don't know but 
this is pure Alice. This is yeah. why I love the dude. This is, uh, the, <laughs> it's like, oh, this is the other one that Joe Bonamassa is playing on. And I think he just went, all right, I got Joe Bonamassa. I'm writing a blues song. I'll let him do what he does. And I'm just going to have fun with it. Yeah. Later on the line, just call me Ripple and I'll call you Rose. Right. <laughs> Freaking cut on the sidewalk on my body froze. Yeah. So that song I liked a lot. That was it, that may have been the first one out of all of them, even though I liked a couple of the others beforehand. I didn't hate a thousand thousand dollar high heel shoes, which is the one where you know it's got the doo wop girls. And yeah, I'd say that was old. kind of your Motown. Nod. Yeah, that's that that is the 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 one that if you're into Motown, that sort of thing, that's the one where he's highlighting that as part of Detroit's history and heritage. But that this was the first one where I was like, yeah, this. This is Alice. This is this is one of the things I love about the guy. Similarly, the tenth track is "I Hate You," which is to me is just borderline. I, it's really clever. It's a it, it has the original Alice Cooper members, kind of like a diss track from mm -hmm. the world yeah. of rap and hip hop, as they diss each other. Yeah, I think that's kind of a. You can call it an airing of grievances. Right. The rest of a song. Well, maybe that's what it is. It's not a diss track, right? It's yeah. an airing of grievances. Yeah. But then comes back around to, in a way, it's sort of touching because it comes back around again to the original Alice Cooper band and dearly departed Glenn Buxton, where they kind of talk about how it's aimed at him at the very end. And so, and I don't remember the exact lyric, but it's something like the worst thing about you is you left the hole on the stage or whatever. And it's, yeah. it kind of comes around kind of be touching in a way. By yeah, the, it is. It, it's, it's cathartic, I suppose, would be the, the term I was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that one stood out for me. Uh, I did not like, even though it would work as a nickname for you, I did not like yeah. Independence Dave. Much at yeah, all. I don't, I don't even get it exactly. Yeah, the only thing I really wrote down was like, this is a goofy song. It works. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I don't really like Sister Anne very much. Yeah, that's, I, I, yeah, I, the MC5 kind of passed me by. I'd probably passed us by just because of our age. Yeah, I, I think the, that's. You know, late 70s punk, but, you know, we were just too young for it. Yeah, I, 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 I would not say I like punk. I, I, I certainly have an appreciation for a little bit of it. But even to the extent that I like punk, the MC5 doesn't really scratch the itch for me. Wonderful World, I did like that a little bit. I don't know how you felt about it. I liked it, yeah. Hanging on by a thread, that's just not Alice for me. Like, <laughs> parts at the beginning are kind of barred from, you know, the single Don't Give Up yeah. about COVID and that sort of stuff. There's some cleverness there. But at the end, and I'm not saying that suicide is a good idea or what you want to aspire to or anything like that. But like at the end of the song, he actually gives out the number to the suicide prevention hotline. I mean, again, that's, you go way back to Hey Stupid, which came out after, oh, after yeah, that. Hey Stupid was also an anti-suicide song. And, you know, maybe that means a lot to Alice, maybe. But to me, this, this is just like, what, what are we doing here? Yeah, it, it it doesn't, yeah, like you said, it doesn't stand out. His heart's in the right place. Uh, sure, I'm certainly not going <laughs> to, and neither are you, obviously. We're not going to say, oh, this is 
crap. <laughs> because, I mean, really, it's a cliche, but if it helps one person, then it's worth it. Obviously. <laughs> uh, right. But it doesn't quite fit on the album, I suppose. Uh, and he, he probably wasn't planning on it. I think uh, he did. I think he just wanted to write it during the worst of the pandemic. And I'm like, well, I've got this song. I'm probably not going to put it anywhere else. And then he, he repurposed it. So that's. Yeah. I like the song Detroit City. I liked it on the eyes of Alice Cooper. I don't know why this is the third time we're coming back around to it yeah. on the Alice record. This version I do not like as much as the one from the eyes of Alice Cooper. The, the breadcrumbs version I think is much more like the eyes of Alice Cooper record. This one is a little slower, a little lazier. Yeah, that could have done without the, the rap there at the end. Yeah. Or like, quote unquote rap. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't like it as much on here, and it's definitely not a song I needed to hear again and repurposed in any sort of way. But I don't know. Any more thoughts that you have on it? Uh how did you feel about that last one, East Side Story? I loved it. Yeah, that's a pretty good tune. I think if either that one or rock and roll were my favorite tilt was my favorite on the album i kind of forgot i mean i when i think of bob seeger you, you all the hits that we've heard a sure. hundred thousand times on on the old classic rock radio but it's <laughs> i recommend doing a little deep dive on him because he's got especially the earlier stuff it's like this is great why are they not playing this bob seeger is probably like alice to be frank bob seeger is an underrated songwriter mm -hmm. yeah no, it, that one is really good. But yeah, I, before I knew it was a cover, I thought, okay, that's just kind of a, a tribute to Gloria from them, Van Morrison's first first band. And I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. And then I looked it up, like, oh, well, now I got to look at the Bob Seger one. And I was happy I did. <laughs> Unlike the Velvet Underground original, I was like, ooh, this is just as good. And then I kind of went on a Bob Seger rabbit hole. Smoking OPs is a very good album. That's all covers, almost all covers. I know we just said he was a great songwriter, but uh, right, it's a good groovy seventies. Uh, like he does Bo Diddley, and I uh, fire a carpenter from Johnny Cash. <laughs> but check it out if you haven't heard it. The only other song maybe we haven't really touched on was "Shut Up and Rock,", Up and Rock. which I appreciate the sentiment yeah. of. <laughs> I don't care about your politics or, you know, or your, uh, I think, is that the one where he's talking about uh, cosmetic surgery? Or yeah. Like that too? <laughs> Maybe Instagram. Yeah. Just that whole anti-Hollywood type thing yeah. to shut, but it's kind of, it's, it's a throw in, I think. It is. It is, but uh, he'll probably play it in concert though. <laughs> Cause yeah. it's up tempo enough. It'll, it'll get, well, I was going to say it'll get people out of their seats, but you and I know better. Yeah. Well, Unfortunately, we're gonna we're gonna start sitting closer at concert. Yes, have concert. My God! <laughs> and hold that thought because I want to come back. That's kind of how I want to end this episode. But talking about that a little bit, like I like this record, but I don't love it. I, there's not enough songs on there that really grab me. I feel like you and I have talked about, obviously off the air, pre well disguised, like when Black Sabbath thirteen came out or even Hardwired to Self-Destruct, Metallica's last record. I think feel like when we talked about it, we were say that, yes, yeah, you know, this is good. I like, you know, there's some good stuff on there. And then both of those records I've hardly listened to other than the first three or four times. I feel like that's where this one's going to be for me. I don't, 
see me returning to a whole lot of these songs a lot. Um, it doesn't mean it's not good. It just, it's not, certainly not transcended in my opinion. What do you think? Um, a little more positive. I think I'll, I'll return to the ones that we, we said we really liked. Um, there, there are a few that uh, can be definitely skipping over. Yeah. And they probably won't be the same ones that I skip over. Like, well, like right in the middle, they all seem to kind of blend together. They don't really stand out. I mean, they're different songs. We're like, okay, well, I see what he's doing with this. Okay, I see what they're doing with that. Uh, so I, I can see a few skips there. But uh, it bookends great. I think he, he's really good at putting together an album. Just yeah. the tracks, the way the way they flow. That's if you can do that, you kind of win me over. I'm, <laughs> I'm weird like that. Well, <laughs> well, part of what you're talking about though goes just back. It's 15 songs, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's just a lot. It is a lot of songs. It's a, it's yeah. a lot to get them all good, but it's credited at least their Al Cooper songs, so they're three and a half, four and a half minutes long. Right? Yeah. Again. Like hardwired self-destruct. Oh man, this is another six minutes. This is yeah. another six minutes. Iron Maiden's pulled this for the last ten years, and it drives me crazy. This is great, but all three guitars don't have to be featured. You can just let one of them play rhythm. Yeah. Is that um? It's like when people watch this is spinal tap and they have their jazz odyssey stage that's 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 not something aspirational right you know let's uh it's okay to have a song under five minutes yeah you can have them all under five minutes you really can well i i hope i'm i'm not done with this like i said for whatever reason usually when a new alice record comes out i'm going to be all over it but I spent some time listening to Crest of a Knave and uh, other new tracks and stuff, but I'm going to keep coming back. Yeah, new tracks. <laughs> that is new for Jeff Lertel. Yeah. Well, new, new to me. <laughs> um, anyway, so going back to Avatar, Avatar released, I guess, back in December or January, four successive weekends. They played four successive internet concerts, which you watched all of them. I did. And another one of our favorite bands is Clutch. We're going to have to have you on at some point to do an episode about Yeah, we got to talk about Clutch. I, I cannot believe. That I, might be a double episode. Yeah, I can't believe this is my 20th episode and I still haven't talked about Clutch yet. I think they played three concerts. Mm-hmm. I watched all of those. Does that fill the void for you at all? Like, where are you on the even as I think we're getting pretty close to live music coming back in the United States, at least in some places, in some ways, how do you feel about the, the internet concert era that we've been in for the past year or so? It helps. It's better than nothing. Um, the avatar ones were fantastic. I mean, they really, I mean, they put production values in there. They, they had different stages set up and little doors and stuff. They'd go back and forth through and different setups, which, and different drum kits for the for the drummer, which they all sound exactly the same. But whatever, <laughs> I, <laughs> there are different backgrounds and things. It it was great. We could tie. Uh, and then on the last one, they were. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. We could tie Avatar in. Maybe not musically so much, but at least in look, there's clearly some inspiration from Alice Cooper. Oh, well, yes. <laughs> to, the, to the facial makeup and that sort of thing. Oh, I, dig- I digress. Go ahead. It was entertaining, right? Very, very entertaining. It was better than I thought it would be. I mean, I figured I knew it was going to be good. I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah, going to watch them play 
they're songs that I like in a different order. Right. <laughs> this is what a concert is. <laughs> it sounded fantastic. Um, they, yeah, they, they visually, they really, they worked, you can tell they worked hard on it. So I, I had no complaints, even on the first one, they, they played the entire album on the first one, the, the right, entire right. new album. And then they, I guess you could call it encores. I'm like, wait, I thought I voted for this on the next show. <laughs> and then they, they played on the next show. No complaints whatsoever. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll hear all these songs again. Yep. Uh, and it also inspired me. I got to check out their older stuff because I was really unfamiliar with a lot of it. Like, oh, that's right. They've been around forever. You know, the Clutch concerts we saw, I think the first one that, I think I think they've done three that you had to pay for in the pay-per-view yeah. model. And the first one, they kind of picked the set list. The mm -hmm. second one, they took, I think, nominations on Spotify. And yes. they just picked a random set list and whatever the dude, they... Marshall. <laughs> Marshall. <laughs> you kept saying Marshall, Marshall, Marshall. <laughs> Apparently did not necessarily line things up in tunings that... Yeah. <laughs> for a smooth flow as Neil Fallon kind of ragged on him about, which was funny. And yeah. then the third show that they played was all those, all those people who had made Spotify's set list of what they wanted to be the concert. They added all the songs up and then played them basically in popularity order from 15 down to one, which was neat, but also seemed like that was almost the end of the concept. Like, Clutch may do another one, but I don't know what they would do at this point. How yeah, they, yeah, where would they go? Yeah. I'm like you. I feel like it's good for – it's better than nothing. And, you know, if you lived in Montana or, I don't know, Australia or somewhere, mm -hmm. yeah. where – like you and I, we both live in North Carolina, and it's not uncommon for tours – to go to like DC and then go to New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're skipping Atlanta. Not never mind Charlotte or Raleigh Durham and Miami and Nashville and Memphis and some of the other big towns, all the big all the other big cities in Florida. So I if if you're one of those people who lives in Idaho or whatever, I can understand why that would be appealing. It's not quite the same for me. I got to see back when I had Facebook before I got rid of that demon. One night, Candace Knight had Richie Blackmore. I think I told you about it. Yeah. Her husband <laughs> Richie. They just decided to play an impromptu concert where they just sat up in their living room or whatever and played for an hour or so. And that was really cool because I don't really expect I'm ever going to get to see Richie Blackmore in concert. I mean, unless I go to one of those shows in Germany. Exactly. You know, three or four times of, uh, every couple of years. So that was pretty cool. But all in all, yeah, I'm ready to get back to it. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, Dave. Yeah, it's good for what it is, but yeah, it's, it's the real thing. God, I know both of us just can't wait. Yeah. Well, we've got those tickets. We're still waiting on to see Black yep. Society. Uh, so, Zach, we're ready for you. Maybe by October or something. I don't know. Fingers crossed. Dave, I appreciate you coming on the show. Yep, always a good uh, time. As a guest, do you have anything you want to promote? <laughs> like that I do not have a SoundCloud, so I guess not. <laughs> do you y'all got any new socks or underwear <laughs> lines or something coming out? It's still an R and D. So. All right, all right. Well, 
the next time y'all have a new yeah, the lawyers aren't letting me say anything yet yeah well let, let me know and i'll bring you back on and we can talk about it <laughs> thanks brother good to see you good to talk to you hope all, all, right, all right have a good one man see you man <laughs> all right everyone thank you so much for listening that is episode 20 i can't believe i've done 20 of these episodes Dave has been on now three of them, and it's always good to have him here. I really enjoyed talking to him, as I kind of alluded to at the opening. I hope you guys enjoyed hearing the conversation. I think David is a man of of real wisdom. I appreciate and laugh at him calling himself the Dizzy Reed of Well Disguised, and also his description of a concert as songs I like played in a different order. That's pretty good, right? I mean, that's what a concert is. If you go see it live. Thanks to him for coming on. Like I said, as I alluded to at the opening, I hope it's not too much. Just two friends sitting around talking. My wife, love you, Kel. But my wife, I think she likes these episodes because it sounds more like my personality than the more professorial, if that's a word. Anyway, uh, approach I take on some of the other episodes. Thank you so much for listening, whether you like it or hate it. I really appreciate it. Take care of yourself out there, and I'll talk to you soon.